Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. Yeso! Yeah, so wow, you're such an actress. <laughs> People can see on the recording how you're actually Tired. an actress. Girl, don't act like you'll be waking up, staying up till two. Girl, that's why I'm tired. I was editing. Ugh, anyway, I was editing till like five in the morning. It was outlandish. But how are you? What's crackalacking? I'm well. Today's Memorial Day. Shout out to to what's Memorial Day? What's to all the <laughs> people that died in the wars? There you go. <laughs> to say what the fuck? Shout out to all of the soldiers fallen. Oh, that's loud. They are not forgotten. Amen. So, um. How are you doing with COVID? How's everything going? I'll let what? you share your updates first. How are I'm you? I'm going to do my updates first. Yeah. Switch it up okay. on these motherfuckers. Think about, oh. My updates are going to lead us into a whole other conversation, though, but it's fine. Um, I'm fine. I have not been outside in like two, three days. And what? I miss it. I don't get to go outside every day. Depending on what I have to do. Um, but uh, I got a trampoline. What do you mean excited. you have a trampoline, Auntie? I bought a trampoline. I bought a personal trampoline. It's amazing. I was really nervous about it because I was like, because, okay, a couple of reasons. I can't run anymore because of my knee. And for those of you that don't know, I was running quite often for a little while. And I had like slimmed down. I was feeling really good. I even went to Barbados and did like a 10K. It was like a thing. And then my knee was like, so I can't do it. So I was, I've been looking for something like, what can I do in the house? And I was watching my crazy ass white mom during Mother's Day and she was dealing with her hula hoop. And I was like, well, I can't do a hula hoop. And I also can't really hula hoop that well. And then I saw her trampoline, and I was like, white. So I got on the trampoline. Did you say white? I said, white. White. I got on the trampoline. You want me to say white? I wish. <laughs> I got on the trampoline and was like, let me see how this feels. And I was doing, like, knee-ups and running. I was like, this doesn't hurt. So got super hyped, bought it, and then got super nervous. Like, is this going to make all this noise? Like, are the people below me going to be like, what the fuck is this bitch doing? I put that thing together today and it's fine. Like nothing's shaking. It's amazing. So, so are you I'm, just running in place with this trampoline? What are you doing? Yes. I'm running in place listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you hear that? Brooklyn is from Royal Day. 
The um, next video, we you actually <laughs> this is a Patreon content. There's no reason why we do not need to see you running on this trampoline. <laughs> Bitch, why, why didn't you get a uh I don't even have a bra on right now. Like But why didn't you get a a rope? That hurts my knees. A trampoline. No, why didn't you get a drum where it actually runs in place? The thing moves. A treadmill? Yeah. A treadmill is like $2,000. And where am I going to put a treadmill in my house? Where's the trampoline? In your room? It's small. I I don't think you realize how small it is. It's small. It's like a personal trampoline. I have to see this. It's small. It's only 38 inches. That's it. That's the circumference. Bouncing up and down, not running in place. You do knee ups, Shanti. It's not hard. Joe. The next video, I'll show you guys my um, my trampoline workout. But you get your heart rate going, and I was looking it up, and they said running on the trampoline is not only better for you than running because it absorbs the shock. It's like but then you on the may Mars. you may absorb. I mean, you may burn more calories. So you about to come out of this motherfucker Listen, looking like when I need y'all to know that when I become Beyonce. None of y'all motherfuckers are allowed to talk to me. Like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't send me a DM because you all hate it on me. You're light skin. You're first. not allowed to do that. <laughs> light skin people are not allowed. I'm be like, wait till I post my little pictures. Intentionally <laughs> do that. I'm sorry. Wait till I post my picture. It's gonna say no. Cue up Mike Jones back then. And then when people ask me for my phone, I rumble like, it's 281-330-8005. Why? Why are you going to give everybody a play? Because Mike Jones about to blow. That's not my phone number. You don't even know the song. I know the song, but what? Oh, my God. All you right. get on my move on. Why, All right. Why would that actually be a real conversation? <laughs> why are we really well, what, mad about Why would it? you call yourself Mike Jones? And that's not because. your number. I called you. I know your number by heart. That's not your number, Antoinette. Why would that even be... A conversation that we would That's have. That's you. That's not right. me. Yes, it is. Anyway, so I also, um, I finally, well, we finally, not you and me, but I finally got that music uh, battle done that I have been talking about for at least a month. The homie Chi has just been telling me that he was going to rip me to shreds. And I'm really annoyed because his little friends are saying that he's up. So basically, we recorded... And it was supposed to just be friendly, but whenever I'm on Zoom, I record because I'm insane. I'm like, this is possible content. And then he was just like, we should put this out. This is so much fun. It's like, okay. But we recorded for four hours straight of just music back to back to back, talking mad shit in between. And it was so much fun. So part one is out. If y'all have not listened to it, I highly recommend that you do. Part one is out on Around the Way Curls podcast. And part two will be out next week. Um, we did 70s and 80s music. Um, not specifically, like, there were certain people that we apparently weren't allowed to play. Didn't know that. Like who? What in the monster is that? You got a motherfucking monster in your closet, me. <laughs> you saw me look around like, my air conditioner just randomly came on. I'm so sorry. Hold on. Oh my god! It must be nice have to have a a what's that called? Oh shit! Internet got a haunted house, y'all. She just the, the goddamn air conditioner, or it's just like highly advanced and it just comes on. Hmm. Let us see what happened. Let's listen. Okay. What 
were you saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> last time, I, when I stepped away, you were saying something smart, too. And when I put the video up, I saw I it. was saying, what was the deal? Like, you got either a highly advanced air conditioner. like, oh, the porcelain princess is over 75 <laughs> degrees. Must turn on. Or you got a motherfucking go see your house. <laughs> no, I think it was on auto. And so it felt like, oh, it's too yeah, hot. Yeah, I knew. Anyway. So that was yeah. That was so much fun. Like I had so much fun doing that. And there was so much music that I had just forgotten about. Wait, wait, who and was the artist that you can't couldn't play? You try to put R. Kelly on? Not seventies and eighties. I just had to throw that in there. Um, no, it was like you it, you couldn't be too obvious. So it was like don't play Stevie. Don't play like people like that. Like that doesn't make sense. Like don't or play Marvin Gaye. What? Yeah, deep I was cuts. like, don't play that. Did y'all like, play we're... Bobby Womack? Did we play Bobby Womack? I think so. We played a lot of shit, but we played, like, I played Knights Over Egypt, and he was like, I don't know what this is. I was like, see? What? You don't know Knights oh, Over he's, Egypt? He's, he's African. No, he, he is, but he knows the sh- I got it. I got to give it to him. He knew his shit. I was like, damn, because he played a couple tunes I didn't know, so I was irritated. Um, I knew, but I didn't have him in my, like, I didn't have him. On my playlist, I was I well, was impressed. You led into my new obsession, and we'll we'll circle. I'm back not finished to, mine. Well, we'll circle back since it's a greater conversation. Can I finish about music though? <laughs> I just wanted to say that music is uh, really giving me life. Okay, good. and really making me happy. Good, and I'm really ins- I'm really inspired by it, and I'm sitting here making all kinds of playlists. Yes. And so, again, uh, the other thing is that the playlist from what she and I did will be available on Spotify and on Apple. And um, But that won't be available until part two is out because otherwise we would ruin what we played on part two. So You're going to school all the little 20-year-olds that are listening. The, shout all out y'all to all of y'all. Y'all know who you are. But shout out to everybody who DM'd and wrote and was like, yo, this shit is fire. Like That really made my day. I like giving music to people. And go reminding people that. of things. So go ahead, Sheila. Well, I was watching Euphoria, and we're going to circle back to that because that fucked my life up. You're so late. <sighs> Next time I come talk you. about The Wire, I'm going to bring The Wire back. Like, hey, guys, do you know about this masterpiece Wait, called you haven't The seen Wire? The, <laughs> wait, you haven't seen The Wire? <laughs> no, I haven't seen Wire. I haven't seen Game of Thrones. Is that what it's called? Game of Thrones. I haven't seen... Shanti, The I Wire haven't finished is my favorite Breaking Bad. show. I know. The Wire is my favorite show. I hear of it. Rasheed, all time. Rasheed talks about it being the masterpiece, the greatest it show ever. It is a existed. masterpiece, and nobody even realized it was a masterpiece until years later. No, people oh. were hype about The Wire. Everybody's no. always been hype about The Wire. The Wire did not do well at first. Not like critically in like massive audiences. No. Well, I am late on Euphoria, but also there is this incredible scene, and there's a song, Fly Me to the Moon. By Bobby Womack. And I was just like, I shazammed it. And of course, I've heard about Bobby Womack. And there's a couple of songs that I have. I have him on my playlist, but more current song that he's done. And more like um, current times. But I just want, I just really love him. And he really touches me in a deep way. I feel like. I just, I just feel like he's a different kind of soul. He's not like a traditional soul. Yeah, 
Don't do that because then you're going to make editing hard, child. Would you? Child, I'll put you it in. Just play that. I'll put it in. I love it. I love him. He almost has like, there's almost like a Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac country rock soul. I just, I'm obsessed with him. And he had a salacious life, apparently. Salacious. Ooh. It was riveting when I learned about it. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, he married Sam Cooke's wife 72 days after she died, after he died. And it was a oh, huge scandal. Messy. And he was like, he almost, he was only like 20 years old or some shit. He almost couldn't marry her because she was like 12 years a senior, 13 years a senior. And he got kicked out. He got ostracized from the soul singer community. There was a lot of death in his <laughs> life. A lot of drugs. Bobby, Bobby lived a, a, a life, y'all. You should look into it. And you should also look into his catalog because currently I listen to him all the time. And um, so that's something that I discovered. I also discovered that my depression is linked to my cycle. <laughs> <laughs> that's news, huh? Yes, it is. Because for the longest, I was like feeling sad and blaming it on myself and, and being and like giving so much attention to the causes behind this sadness. But I was like, hold up. This shit is like clockwork. Like this can't. This doesn't bother me on this days. Why am I so upset about it on this day? So yeah. I'm gonna look. Miss, into I look at the moon and I'm in touch with my moon and moon. Well, it's moons. because of that that now I'm like, yo, I understand. Like two weeks before my period, I am, I am not well. <laughs> You're not well all the time. <laughs> no, I'm really not. well. You're just really not well then. That's when you're I'm like really not well. Nobody uh, it's a, I will, but like for these past two months, I've called internet like twice, crying. <laughs> I'd be like, "Girl, it's okay." And when you cry, you like have the saddest cry. You're like, and you keep you rub your eyes like a lot, and I'm like, "Oh, don't rub your eyes that much. You'll get so many wrinkles." That's so true. But I was like, "Okay, no." So I'm gonna try to get some herbs. To like stabilize me. You should talk to my sister about that because she has really bad, bad PMS and she has like fixed it. Yeah, I need to do that. Not completely, but like at least 80%. At least just be on top of it. And like number the number one thing is being like, um, whoo, child, I thought my mic was off. The number one thing being that whatever you say, whatever you're thinking is not necessarily true. It's like not reality. It's just you being, it's your shadow, Crazy. period self. It's like your period monster. <laughs> <laughs> so that's happened. That's what needs to come out. Excuse me? What? That's what needs to come out, a, a stranger things during COVID. That would be lit. Oh, man. Anyway, Maybe Bobby go ahead. Brown, that's another young child that I'm looking after. <laughs> I'm concerned for these young children these days. <laughs> Watching all these fucking shows. And then I've also, oh, and it's also helped me, my cycle. I've also learned my cycle and just more about myself through having therapy weekly, which was not something that I was down for. I was like, no, I'm going to do this once a month. Like that's all, wait, that's all you were go do doing. I thought you were doing it weekly. Mm -mm. I just recently started doing it weekly and I'm like, bitch, I'm uncovering the trauma. I'm blaming my mama. For everything. And it feels good. So 
listen, y'all, therapy, this spiritual shit really works, and therapy also really works, to quote Jay-Z and Beyonce's newest albums. And then lastly, I guess my theme for this week has been feeling grateful for this downtime in a way that I've been struggling with for the longest and like being frustrated with it, but I'm actually super grateful and realizing that doing less is more and that I have to like stand firm in that. I just am a better person when I do less. If I have too much shit going on, it is not okay. So even just like with the business, I've just, before I was like, oh, when I was talking to my staff, like we got to do a different theme every week or a different like project or something. And I'm like, no, nah, we only got to do like one thing and do it well. And I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you guys. I haven't implemented that yet, but these are my <laughs> new realizations. So okay. that's it. Those are my updates. Well, the update, I have a, a big update happened when we were talking a lot about music. <sighs> Beanie versus Bounty. <laughs> Didn't that have shit, spiritual revival. I, that it really gave, I have been really sad and that the joy that that gave me, it was like right after I recorded with Chi and then that happened and that was not a battle. That was not a versus. That was a concert. They were going in. So big up Jamaica, man. They get, they break us off proper. Like, like <laughs> that shit was amazing. I was freaking the fuck out. I was in the house blasting that shit and then immediately found the link on YouTube and ran it back. I was like, let's go. Because Aww. the cl- like the clash, it was just, and I was so happy because they were so happy. And when I see men just having fun like that, something just fills me where I'm just, you. it was like when we were at the Kendrick concert and all those men were jumping up and down and screaming and having a good time. I just was thrilled to see them cutting up. Yeah. And at the end, like I started crying. <laughs> I caught it at the end, period. but it was very impactful at the You're end. You're a clot for that. I can't believe you didn't watch it, but like they started off with the, first of all, they came late, of course, because Jamaican. And they had the DJs going and the DJs was giving us what we needed. And then they came and they did the traditional verses back and forth thing. And then they started cutting up and then they kept like drinking more. I don't understand how these verses are like sponsored by Ciroc, but okay. (laughs) And like drinking more. And then it was like clash time. And it was just like, that was when um, Bounty Killer just went, he just went crazy. He just started acting crazy. And to the point where Beanie, he could, he was just laughing at him. (laughs) Like, bro. (laughs) And I was really thinking to myself, like, I am Beanie and Shanti is Bounty. Because you like... The way he was dancing, and Beanie was cutting up too. Some of his dances, like, there is a gift that I will never, I think these are making too much noise in the mic. There is a gift that I just, that's the only gift I'm sending for the rest of the year. But, um, and then the police came, which was. And then the police came, which is amazing. He <laughs> Beanie handled it so well. Bounty was like, he was, he was gone. Like, as soon as the police came, he was like, mm. it was like Homer. When Homer goes into the bushes, <laughs> it was like that, like, doot, 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 dope. And Beanie was like, hello, officer. But he handled it so well. He was just like, do you want to be that guy? Do you, We are on international television now with 
um, 500,000 people watching us. You want to be that guy? And I was just like, listen to him. And he's like, the police are gone. We are Jamaicans. We are nice people. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, what? But then I really cried when he did the prayer. And they, of course, they... They started off with the Jamaican national anthem, which was super dope. But then they did the prayer at the end and they played, you know, everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <gasps> and then he had his baby girl in his arm. I'm about to cry now. He has baby girl in his yeah. arms. <laughs> <laughs> and then she had her little like tutu on and said like teen beanie man. It was like, ah, it was too much for me, for my little heart. So I loved it. The fucking ding, 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 you tripping but if y'all did not see it please go get your life and please go watch it it is on youtube you can find all you got to do is type in bounty versus beanie man and you just it it was was, a sensation it was the best i feel it was the best nothing's going oh they just did one tonight it was terrible who was it jagged edge and uh 112 oh no that makes me so embarrassed it was terrible why would they do it tonight why would they yeah, do it like two probably when they were available. Later. They did. It's two days later. Why would they do it two days later? Oh, it's probably because they were trying to give people stuff during Memorial Day. But um, That is not once... a memorial challenge. Listen, Jagged Edge Sound was trashed. Part? They got their asses kicked because 112, they... Jagged Edge has hits, but they just don't have as many as one of the 12. No. Cupid and... just kills everything. Well, they... They did cute, but they like, but they ended on. I had a little issue with one twelve a little bit because they had ended on missing you, which actually was nice because they dedicated to Andre Harrell. But I'm like, that's really puff and faith. It's not really y'all. Y'all like well, y'all might be singing some backgrounds or whatever, but it's not really your track. And they were doing a lot of that because you know how Bad Boy had like just collabos, collabos, collabos. Whereas Jagged Edge was more like, this is our song. Nothing is promised. When they came on. And then when they did Gotta Be, I was like, oh, I gotta be the one you done. You know that I song? love that you are here for all of these things. That you are a I was on the attendee. phone with my mother and I was like, wait. I was on my phone with my mother and my sister. And I was sitting here like, I gotta read this pleasure activism thing. But also 112 and Jagged Edge is on. And I need to feed my soul. So, Good mom, you, I gotta internet. go. I love that you're finding your self care, self <laughs> through the music. It's always through music. Mood. If I'm not That's playing that. music, I'm not well. We listen. Mood enhance. Mood. Mood. Mood enhancement. <laughs> mood stabilizers. It is. Normalize them. Okay. Be it medication. Meditation. Or masturbation. Masturbation. <laughs> Or Beanie Man and <laughs> Bounty Killer. That's funny. Also, Bounty Killer's voice is like either really sexy or really scary, and I have. Did you hear JoJo's? Yeah. I'm like, nigga, you gonna kill your fucking <laughs> vocal cords? <laughs> kill your vocal cords. But um, yeah, it's Memorial Day, and Memorial Day always sneaks up on us like when times are normal but also what is normal but it always sneaks up on me and i'm like 
what do you what did you what do you do on memorial what would you do what would you want to be doing bitch you go to a cookout you play spades did we do that lot did we ever we, we would be at jasmine's house she would was have that where a we big had memorial day before no that was thank what was that's, that that's that's fourth of july but memorial day i'd probably be over jade's house in all honesty jade see jade my, be my pool of cookout people because now i have a lot of due to my partner, I have a lot of like vegan, vegetarian, like healthy ass friends that are in my surroundings. So nobody's like, oh, including me. Fucked up. <laughs> All that lady had to say is, we don't sell. Jer- All right, give me the chicken jerks. Chicken jerks. Give me chicken platter with extra um chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't eat a whole chicken platter just to be clear, but go ahead. But yeah, I would really, I would want to be outside in yeah. somebody's close, closed in backyard. I would want to have like a mojito or something Oh, that I don't gin have and tonic. Oh, oh, gin and tonic. You want to muddle a some Campari mint leaves? Campari spritz. That's no, what I don't I'm like feeling. Campari. Oh, Campari spritz are so nice. And just be no. out laughing and listening to good music. That's that. That is what I would want to do. Well, we got a playlist for you, and we have an episode. Did you even listen to the episode? No. With you and Chi? Yeah. Not yet. No. Didn't you just put that shit out today? Yeah, but you're my partner. You're supposed to listen Girl, to everything I do right no. now. <laughs> I did not listen to that yet today. Okay. Maybe tomorrow. Like, as soon as I post the story, you should be the first one to look at it. Boom. Yeah, all right. You should have my shit, my your notifications on for me. I don't like, have oh, my shit, notifications on for Nas. <laughs> I don't have my notifications. <laughs> Bye. Like, he just took me out. Move on. But that's what you on. would do. You'd go to Jade's house. I'm sure. Yeah, Jade always. If there's any, Jade loves to host. So any excuse, any holiday, she's like, I'm cooking. And all the Negroes are over there. Do you want to be like that? I want to be like that. I wish I had a place to be like that at. If I had a place. I was like that when I had like people that I live with that I like knew. Yeah, you guys did do stuff. We were doing like spades parties and stuff like that. But now it's different. Now I just have tenants. Now you're just a landlord in your apartment. (laughs) I am a landlord. Anyway. Well, politics as usual. Usual. Wow. This is the first time ever that I'm actually leading this. So I was hyped. Fuck this <laughs> shit. I'm like, niggas fucked up. The system is corrupt. Now what? Blow. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> I'm a fucking rapper. No. So this cracked me up. I, I just. It's not this funny. Gave me. It a lot so of sad. fucking <laughs> your your boy Biden. No, don't call talking him to Charlemagne the Prince. What's his name? What's his name? Charlemagne the Charlemagne God. Charlemagne the King, the God, the Prince, the God, the King. Okay, the nigga uh, Charlemagne. And apparently they were going back and forth, and Charlemagne was in t- basically interrogating his him. His name is Canard, I believe. Excuse me? His real name. I believe his real name is Canard, because I think that's what Monique was calling him on. I'm going to look it up, but go ahead. Canard? That is a very offensive name. (laughs) 
I think she kept being like, listen, Canard. I think Monique, when she was mad about her Netflix thing at Oprah, and he wasn't agreeing with her, she was calling him Canard bad times. So. <laughs> oh, Monique. <laughs> oh, fucking Monique. <laughs> Shout out to Monique. We need to do a whole episode about Monique. Shout out to her. Now, that's a vegan princess. Okay. <laughs> Talk about somebody that's living that lifestyle, repping it till she dies. Oh, no. Uh, excuse me. Leonard, not Canard. Leonard. Oh, no. <laughs> Even worse, he looked like a fucking Leonard. Leonard McKelvey. If I if I were to ever go on his show, I, straight up, that's what I would call him. Leonard. Yeah, what's up, Leonard? He <laughs> kicked me, he cursed me the fuck out, make me cry right on the dot. <laughs> anyway, so basically, Charlemagne was interrogating Biden, questioning his um, past policies that have greatly negatively impacted black folks and basically like what you what have you done for me lately what you going to do so biden went on to defend himself um explain that yes he did have he he was in agreement with a lot of policies and that basically unbeknownst to him that they were for the good of black people somehow or other you know there were these these bad side effects that led to like you know um inequity and that black people especially for uh penalties law penalties around drug use you know had long terms for for minor offenses so at the end of it biden was like you know if you vote for trump then you ain't black and Charlemagne was very. That's not I was like, he did said, that nigga hear what he just said? Because Charlemagne was like, no, no, that's not it. Like, I would have stopped mid. Right when, <laughs> he I didn't say that. He like, didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, he said, what, what, what do you have to say to black people in order to get them to vote for you? And he was like, well, if I have to convince, if if you have to be convinced to vote for me, then you ain't black or something like that. He and said, it was if just you like, vote for Trump, you ain't black. And Charlemagne. If I were Charlemagne, I would have just stopped. I'd have been like. Anyway, it's created a lot of backlash, of course. And Biden has gone on to say, I shouldn't have been such a wise guy. I shouldn't have been so a wise guy. No one should have to vote for any party based on their race, their religion, their background. But also like, yes, but folks he also be voting for motherfuckers because of their race religion knows and their it, background like like that's the that's probably one of the leading reasons that people make their choices around who the fuck they vote for but yeah but just, you can't say that that's his way of he you can't, you can't say tell anybody not that's black. why you're doing it right but you also can't say that you're not black if you do like that's such an issue such a big issue and, the, and he also just released his agenda, his black agenda. His, I know his team was like, "We got to get this shit out now." <laughs> what was on his black agenda? We should. I didn't read that. it yet. We oh. we should next week. I didn't read so it yet. Have, he just released it today. We have. Um, I would really like, and this is me saying it surprisingly. I would really like to have another episode around voting, um, and have a guest come on, somebody that is. Um, 
that's that's like what his whole platform is about. So especially during this time, I think it'd be really good to one more again go over the conversation of politics and voting and and, and black people. So look forward to that. And then our current president, Trump, just, you know, is doing dumb shit. Our future president does dumb shit while our current president does even dumber shit. And he basically recently went out with his baseball hat and his polo shirt, no mask, and went to play golf. And um, He refuses to wear a mask. You realize that, right? He's refusing. Yeah. He, he's refusing, despite the fact that his guidelines, the White House guidelines say that they should wear a mask. But go ahead. So that made a lot of people upset. The Trump's out here golfing and uh, folks are dying. All I know is he is taking hydroxychloroquine and I'm ready for him say to die. Say it again, bitch! Hydroxychloroquine. What? And <laughs> that, that's the drug that he keeps telling people to take that's for malaria. And it's proving to be deadly. And despite the fact that CNN, the, all these news outlets are reporting the numbers in which people are dying from taking this drug who have complications like heart issues, this, Where that, diabetes. drug? Cop, they're just getting it? Like how to I get I mean, I'm sure you can shit? purchase. No, I'm sure you can purchase it. Like, Good. so. something interesting. I think so. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. But people are taking this. The stocks are going up because he's saying that he's taking it. I don't believe that he's actually taking it, but Nancy Pelosi had all the shade in the world. Did you see that video that I posted yeah. on our stories? Uh -huh. She was like, well, I, um, because she crazy too, because her eyes is like, what? <laughs> Nancy didn't have so many surgeries on her face, but she was like, well, I'm very concerned that our president will be taking that since he is at risk being that he is, um, you know, he, he has some health issues, heart issues. He is of a very uh, older age. And uh, I think what they call it is m morbidly obese. <laughs> <laughs> I died. She called, it, she called that Negro morbidly, morbidly obese. I was like, That's redundant. The shade. I'm getting texts. I'm getting a WhatsApp. Um, articles from my father about how <laughs> your dad would. Tylenol actually can cure coronavirus and that it's a bacteria. And so he just flip flops between like sending me lemonade remedies to Tylenol. That's to who need to come on here is Corona. <laughs> corona and bad bars. And fuck everybody's head up. I would love it. I would love it. My dad would never. My mom. He'd probably be like, you put these headphones on in on top of your ears with the radio waves and you're on the phone? Yeah, right. Putting your likeness <laughs> on online? What yeah, are you right. doing? My dad be in here like spilling all the tea, especially about movie stuff. Get him all the music shit. That whole thing. Yeah, man. You know, because, uh, yeah, you know, you know, Bill Withers. Shit like that. I did but, play um, Bill Withers. That's. That's that's what's going on. Politics you just gotta so pray for us. I um, it doesn't look very good. I keep a friend. <laughs> what's it? Kristen? Shout out to Kristen. Every time I go on her Instagram, she shares like updates on news, and then it just has the the gif that's like, I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> Everything she has, I hate it here. I hate this house. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the ghetto. <laughs> I crack out that the ones is like 2020 is the ghetto. <laughs> the ghetto. 2020 is jam-packed with lessons, man. 2020 is here to say something. But that that's about it. Um, we're going to take a break. And then we're going to come back. And we're going to go into our next chapter of pleasure activism, which is a heavy one. So... Okay. After these messages, we'll be right back. And so we're back. And we are moving along with this pleasure, 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 pleasure activism. And I'm very, I wonder how you guys feel. I wonder how people are feeling about it. I think um, people are digging it. I don't know if they actually, actually. What the fuck the is ox. wrong with us? <laughs> It's late. It's really late. It's been a long weekend. I think I'm I'm on like four hours of sleep. I don't know if they act, actually have the book. Some of them do because they're they're adding us. But um, I think that they are enjoying it. I hope so. Speaking Listen of which, I think that we I forgot to, but we should include some calls from um. Oh yeah, some yeah. Folks. After this, okay. All right. Want to do it after this? Yeah. So this is this. I wish I had, because when I first opened this book, just randomly after I bought it, I was just flipping through the pages uh, with no rhyme or reason. This is the chapter that I came upon, and it's a very heavy chapter, and I wish that I had the sense, because I had read it previously, to warn people before they jumped into it that it could be very triggering. Um, It is about sexual abuse, and it's rather explicit, um, beautifully written nonetheless, and very engaging, but a very hard read um, for some folks. So it's, again, in Pleasure Activism, which is a compilation by author um, and curator Adrienne Marie Brown, and she collects a bunch of different articles and writes a bunch of different articles around the politics of feeling good. And this particular chapter is Pleasure After Childhood Sexual Abuse. 293. Mm-hmm. Amita Swadi. Yeah. So, you want to? Yeah. So, Shanti asked me to take the lead on this. I, I normally don't. Um, but this chapter, I think, this chapter is really loaded. And so, I think we're going to split it up into two. So, we're going to go over... Um, the first half of the chapter today and then come back. And I will say that um, this may be a little triggering. It was a bit triggering for me to read in all honesty, Um, but really enlightening because I was like, oh, I never recognize certain things about myself. Um, But this Amita um, talks about her sexual trauma. It's a young girl starting at the age of four. Um, and her sexual trauma is, is terrible because it has to do with incest with her father and her father began raping her at the age of four years old. And, um, she actually talks about, uh, on the first page where she says, I don't remember his face or the sound of his voice in that moment, but I remember his words. I remember the feel of the ugly, dark brown, slightly shaggy, 
wall-to-wall carpet that he had bought with his unemployment, excuse me, with his employee discount. I remember how it felt against my fingers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But that she doesn't remember the actual act, um, but the feelings. And so I... I looked at that and I thought, I thought a lot about that because I don't remember, uh, for those of you who might just be joining me, I have a history of sexual abuse, molestation, rape. Um, and I was raped by a babysitter's boyfriend as a young child. And I could not tell you, I can't even tell you what that man looks like. Like, and I know that there's some people who's like, I'll never forget his face. I'll never this, I'll never that. One, I was really young, but I also feel like sometimes the mind and the body tried to protect you from certain things. And so you literally will have a block of like, I don't remember, but, but I will say, I do remember this lamp. I'll never, I will never forget what this lamp looked like. I remember the raggedy table that it was on. And I remember that feeling. And it's like the feeling that you get when you're walking down an alley and it just doesn't feel right. And there's this heaviness and this like something is on your back, something's on your chest, and you're just like, I shouldn't be here. Mm. I'm not safe. Mm. Um, and so she goes on to say that, uh, you know, she, she didn't tell anybody, at least not in the first part of the chapter. And I'm just highlighting just different things that stood out to me where she's, she said uh, she was six years old, and she says, I had already had uh, the penchant for lying um, because it was a survival skill. And I thought about that a lot. And when I was a little kid, I lied so much and I lied so well. I, at least I thought I did. But about that, I lied particularly well. And I think when you're a kid and you learn how to create your own reality, not just because like you're just telling tales, but because it's like out of survival for like your actual well-being and soul, that's a very real thing. And I think my fear is that I see some adults who I know have dealt with trauma, whether it be sexual or whatever, um, but it has translated into their adulthood. So I think that the work is that... Of lying? mm -hmm, Or or lying to yourself Hmm. to feel safe, Mm. to be like, that didn't happen to me. Or I don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, no, it wasn't that deep. It was just little kids play. It's like, no, that shit was deep. And so I think that we learn in order to protect ourselves to lie about it. Um, but the, our work is that we have to be able to speak openly about it or at least openly to ourselves about it and own it. Say this happened to me. And then also discuss like, this is the way it made me feel. This is how I feel about it now. This is how it still comes up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but she says, I had learned to protect myself by acquiescing, submitting, appeasing and somewhere along the way unbeknown to myself I got really good at disassociating yeah and so that's another thing that I was every while I was reading this I was thinking to myself okay I identify with that in my childhood am I still doing these things that was what I kept asking myself over and over again because she talks a lot about what happened to her but she's also explaining her psyche as a kid. And so what I found to be interesting was to read that as an adult now who has experienced being raped as a young girl and and to then put the question back on me of like, am I still doing that? 
am did I am I repeating the patterns that I learned as a result of this trauma? Is that the healthiest way to go about things? And I had to have some hard conversations with myself about like appeasing, definitely. And um, I don't know if I necessarily submit, but I can disassociate, but I can definitely appease. And I definitely want people to like me. And sometimes in a way where it is, um, it's dangerous, where it's like, I'm, I will give parts of myself a way to get people to like me. And, and even though I know that I'm, what's Doing the word? I, even, I, I know that something? I'm sacrifice, I'm self-sacrificing and I know that it's not serving me. Um, so that's, that's something to think about. And can Go I ahead. say something? Yeah. And so this, this survival, survival skill of disassociating, she talks about it being an actual scientific phenomenon. I have that highlighted. That, you know, because so, for some people that have experienced extreme trauma, um, that when when your body is constantly in fight or flight, when it's in that space of like having to exhaust energy in some kind of way, whether by fighting or running, either way, you're gonna your body has to be hyper alert. It it affects the body and it wears down on it. And she basically yeah. says, neurobiology teaches us that no animal, human or otherwise, can survive in a constant state of hypervigilance. Our system simply cannot support being flooded with stress hormones 100% of the time. Disassociation was my body's autopilot response to hypervigilance. So it's kind of like, you don't, you don't choose it. Your body, basically, it's just actual survival skill that you and use. And that, that's even something that can be attributed to just not even just sexual violence. No. It's also something that's like when I when I walk down Brooklyn and I see those police lights mm -hmm. that are shining into people's homes, I think about that all the time. Like they're driving people crazy. They're driving people crazy yeah. and they know it. There's no way to function in that way. She also goes after that, she says, I survived by finding ways to self-soothe. When most of the time um, is spent disassociating, it's hard to tell whether you're engaging in activities because you truly find them pleasurable or simply trying to escape reality. Mm. And again, my self-soothing was my relationship with food. Mm. That was when it started of like, I would come home and just eat literally a loaf of bread. A whole, I would ball, I would take pieces of bread ball them up potato bread, ball them up like a like a fist, multiple pieces and just eat it. Stuff my face with it constantly. And then if I heard somebody coming, I'd hurry up and hide it. Yeah. And and so I have conversations with myself now where it's like I make fun of like this whole vegan thing. But part of it for me is do you have the discipline to do it when you feel bad, when you feel lonely, yeah. when you feel sad, when you feel neglected, when you yeah. feel scared, can you do it? Yeah. Can you get, can you unlearn these habits? Yeah. Um, so I think it's something to think about when you're, when we're talking about pleasure activism and, and analyzing why some of the pleasures that we have, we actually have, like where they actually come from. 
And I think what she makes the question of is, is it really pleasure, right? Is it something that helps you escape reality? Or she says, when you're constantly in survival mode, it can be easy to confuse thrill-seeking activities that stimulate euphoria and adrenaline due to the threat of danger with pleasurable activities that help one to be present and centered and authentically connected to one's sense of self. Woo! That shit! <laughs> That's crazy how you highlighted the same stuff as me. This shit is... I mean... This because chapter I, is unreal. We're just like on autopilot. And I there's there's myself and then there's so many women. There's my mom. There's like so many folks that I wish this conversation could be had with. You know what I mean? Like not something that they necessarily have to go and seek because that's a lot of hard work when you're like so in in a certain space that you're not even considering, like, why am I doing these things? You're just basically re in response to and repeating your survival mode. But if you had somebody be like, sis, does that really feel good? Or therapy. is that because of da 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 therapy. <gasps> therapy, <laughs> community, a sister circle, like anything, an audio book, like anything that'll just make somebody be like, Oh my, like, take your breath away the way that that sentence, because it just like so much shit flashes and so many dots connect and so many like, like, bing, 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 bing. you're like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I, um, the, the next part that, that stood out to me specific and I'm, I'm, you know, I can only read this and think about my, my own experience, but <laughs> When she writes, stay close, because now she's onto the disassociation and the like, you'll just see, she goes, um, stay close to boys. They're more wild and more fun anyway. You aren't supposed to get dirty um, and wild like the boys, but you love breaking this rule. Pour salt on slugs. Watch them die. Feel nothing. Pour water on anthills. Watch them die. Feel nothing. Ride your bike fast. So fast you fly off the stairs and feel the wind in your hair. You might get hurt, but the possibility is thrilling. Enjoy the look of fear on your mother's face when she comes home and sees you in action. You have the power to strike fear in your mother's heart. You feel triumphant. Your sneakers are always dirty. Your hair is always disheveled. And your knees are always skinned. You cannot be controlled, at least not by her. Only him, and only then in private or by force. Mm. When I read that, I, I almost cried. I was like, I was reading like, and I never even thought of that, but I was such a different kid from my sister. I was such a wild child. Like this Prissy Antoinette who likes makeup and shit now, blah, never. I was hair was crazy. I, they used to call me the Tasmanian devil. I wanted to play with the boys. I wanted to be rough. I always wanted to take risks. I was always a kid playing around with some shit that may kill me, might not, but I was like with the shits completely. <laughs> and I loved seeing my mom terrorize from it, mm. by it rather. I loved it. I loved seeing her struggle with it. Like, Jesus Christ. I was just always that kid that was like, ha I loved making people nervous around mm. me. 
Mm. I loved making them feel, especially her, making her feel uncomfortable. I loved it. And you associate that with the abuse? I don't know. But I I read that and thought to myself, holy shit, that was a way to control a little bit. And I also also had like some serious, again, when I told my mom, it wasn't the best response. So I had some serious anger built up towards her. So I, and I would channel that and be like, I'm going to drive this woman wild. Yeah. I'm going to be everything that she does not want me to be. I'm going to be nothing like my sister. I'm going to run around with the boys. I'm going to do everything that my dad loves because he's the one that protected me. I am going to be like his little son he never had and she's going to hate it. Yeah. And I, I ate it up. I know I did. I, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever admitted that I was purposely doing that too it was also some of my way of being just innately I yeah, think I feel like a lot of this is I love that how she mixes in just like being a wild ass kid but like also how yeah. shit comes up in our play even and mm-hmm. and leads our play it's really well written it's so well I written it, it reads like a novel writes. yeah it yeah, reads I like a novel that she writes it's really so that's the first half of the Ooh. chapter for me I can't wait to read the rest of it. I mean, I, I read a lot of it, but I can't wait to discuss the rest of it. Um, I think this is this is by far my favorite chapter so far, and it's a heavy one, but it's a really enlightening one. So I I think we highly, highly recommend. We left off, uh, ladies and gentlemen, on pleasure activism, childhood sexual abuse at 297. Uh, so we will pick up there next week. So this isn't what we thought we were going to discuss, but this also leads into it. It's all connected. Mark Lamont Hill recently addressed, what's his name? Lil Boosie? What the Ugh. fuck is that Negro's name? Yeah. So Lil Boosie has, he's on live and he talks about how he pays, not, I don't know if he pays, but he ensures that his 12 and 13 preteen sons receive get head from grown women because the last thing that he wants them to be is gay and I'll play a clip of it but Mark Lamont Hill who is who the fuck how do you who's Mark Lamont Hill <laughs> I don't know how to describe you don't know I know who he is but what do you say he's a political commentator educator and yeah entrepreneur a, Bitch, educator entrepreneur he owns Uncle Bobby's in Philadelphia. He's often a um, political commenter on all of the things. Um, but anyway, he sh- he responds to how abusive. First of all, just the imagery of a grown woman, just the levels of fucked upness that is in that. H- how sincere he is and adamant that his young boys receive head and have sex by grown, all, they're under grown age. women so that they're not gay. And I'm just like, <sighs> Mark Lamont responds to it and just talks about how he, his kids should be taken from him for real. Like, how would you feel if that was your daughter? Of course, that's like a gender role and like, you know, puts anyway, but still just like, that's why I have, so many. I have a real issue with this because to me, that is child abuse. Yeah. 
It is. And to me, just because they're boys, people are just talking about it cavalierly or not even cavalierly, but that they're like, oh, he's so fucked up. Boosie's so crazy. It's like, no, that's fucking child abuse. And somebody should take his fucking kids and the police should be at his fucking door. But he, he said had it the nerve to be online. talking about Dwayne Wade. He was the same one that was like, yeah, they was talking about criticizing um, Dwayne Wade and his, his, you know, his daughter. response What's her and name? his embracing of his What's transgender daughter. Zaya? I. It's just so, it's just making, it's just terrible impressions at no different than what the young girl in this book is probably experiencing. You're 12, you're 13 years old. This is your family putting this on you. Like it just, it just confuses men. Oh, and I love the way he talks about how that's rape. It oversexualizes black men too. Mm. Like black men end up being like these oversexualized. And and again, we've been talking about this a lot. This expectation that black men are these oversexualized beings and like they enjoy it. And like just cutting off, just cutting them off in such and ripping them of their richness. And their youth and their sexuality and their childhood. It just was. And their right for discovery. Their right for choice. Their right to live their fucking life. It is, it is rape. A child that young cannot consent. I was really frustrated today. Um, Horrible Decisions, which is a podcast. Um, I don't listen to it, but I know one of the homegirls and she's cool. Um, but it, they, they had Van Jones on their live today. And Van Jones's first response, not Van Jones, my God, not CNN Van Jones. What's his name? The boy who was, um, who came for Kanye, who works for TMZ. What's his name? Oh. I forget. I, I'm not going to know it. The black guy. Yeah. They had him on there talking about it. And the first thing that he said was, it's really dangerous because it teaches boys, you know, that to over-sexualize women and that women are this. And yeah. it was just like... They have no insight into I'm, them. And I was just thinking so. to myself, like, yeah, it does teach them that, but it's also abuse. What about the boys? Not just how the boys feel yeah. towards women. Yeah. What about them? Yeah. How fucked up are they going to be that their dad fucking told the entire world that he has strippers or whoever... Why, why would I do that? I have no idea if it's strippers. But whoever, given a child head... It's disgusting. And his kids should be taken from his him. His kids, that you're so right. You're so right. It's they terrible. should be taken from If it was a girl, if it was a little girl and a fucking mom was saying, Well, I don't want her to be gay, so I'm having a I'm having a man come over here and fuck this child, it would or or give her head, the 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 world would have exploded and not, every would have been like protect those little girls get those girls, girls out of there because the same thing happened with fucking R Kelly and there was I remember I remember being fourteen years old and the whole R Kelly video came out and motherfuckers laughing about it there wasn't there wasn't no but th- I think the R Ke- there wasn't a wait a, a, I think I don't a, think that that's comparable just because people were saying that R Kelly didn't know how old she was that was what they were saying. Here, we know how old these children are. It's very clear how old Boosie's kids are. He knew how old she was in that video. I'm saying, but the the argument was that he didn't. So everybody was saying, well, he ain't no, making excuses for him. Here, it's like, let let little girls, and everybody is clear of how old they are, 
be be ass or be getting head from grown ass fucking men because their mama or their daddy doesn't want them to be a or wants them to know what the deal is. Them kids would be out of the house yesterday. And this is a travesty and this is us not protecting our young men and then wondering why they in turn don't protect us. This is the cycle. I'm sorry, this shit fucking, that shit. It was, it was really, um, is really frightening. And, and I'll circle back to this because this is connected to, it's connected to a lot, but also to talk about Mark Lamont Hill, um, and I guess this is actually kind of off topic, but it still affected me very deeply. And maybe I think these are other sm- many different topics that we can branch out into in a longer discussion. Um, but these are just things that kind of been on my mind. Mark Lamont Hill every year also does a round table and has like a beautiful um, discussion around Malcolm X and Malcolm X's birthday was last week and he had on his live um on uncle bobby's instagram live a bunch of different people talking about who malcolm x was um what was going on you know around the time of his death and who do we think he would be had he been allowed to mature in his politics and his life and so he had um he had a couple of like intellectual like educators on there. He had the brother that did the documentary Who Killed Malcolm X. And then he had somebody representing the Nation of Islam, one of the ministers from the Nation of Islam on there. And they talked about just that. And that's I guess that'll be my entry point to this greater conversation um of who Malcolm X would, what Malcolm X politics, what Malcolm X politics are around masculinity and yeah, what, what would, what would he, how would he feel around this generation where we're all really exploring and accepting and presenting most importantly, um, who we really are in our sexuality and where he fit in like, especially as, as a black people, he talked about how we idolized him and he was like our, our black prince. He was like the definition of what masculinity is. And he was just asking, and I wish he hadn't had that conversation with the guy, the minister from the nation of Islam, because it was just going around in circles. It wasn't, he he could never really dig into it. But it just had me thinking similarly, like, what do you think? Do you, you know, what do you think? I had just recently heard some people saying, like, around his time in jail that, you know, Malcolm was possibly queer and he had queer experience, like, homosexual experiences um, during his time as red in Detroit. Have you heard that? No. But I wonder you know, thinking about this really rigid, this, yeah, this really rigid idea of masculinity, especially in the black community. If you think Malcolm X would have reinforced that, or if you think he would have 
what what do you think what do you think of Malcolm and Mark's masculinity? I mean, I think that Malcolm I don't know. I don't think it's fair to have that conversation because he's not here. And he also died at what age? He wasn't even how old was he? Twenty nine. He was thirty nine. Oh, so. thirty nine, yes. I said twenty. Um yeah, and he was also undergoing so many changes. He was also at the time that he died, someone who was able to shift in his thinking. And I think that people didn't make space for him to do that. So I feel like in that time period too, shit was real different. There was a real different idea of what masculinity was and wasn't. And so I think that he fell in line with what those ideas and ideals were. Whereas I think now if there was a different, a different conversation that he very well have made maybe made space for that. Um, I don't know. I think it depends on who's around him. I think that a lot of his uh, his thoughts were, I mean, just look at, I mean, he was around uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, right? And so that was the person that he felt like saved him, right? That was the person who gave him new life, who took him from Malcolm Little to Malcolm X. So he idolized him. So I think that he's really more impressionable than we all realize because we look to him for so much. And then I think, you know, he went to Mecca and then he saw what he saw and was like, hold up. Then he heard that, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad might not be so honorable. What the hell? What's going on? My world is getting rocked. Like, who am I? What have I been living? What have I been preaching? And so I think that he had space to grow. And to do things, but it's just such a different time. Like these kind of conversations, I'm always like, we can, we can all go like, we can all ask ourselves, well, what if, and what if, but he's not. And that time was so different. My idea of what masculinity is has shifted so much. I was super problematic, maybe just 10 years ago where I'm like, I have a very clear idea of what a man is and what a man is not. And why? Because that's what I was taught. That's what I saw. And I have a father who is old school and has an idea of what a man is and what a man is not. So. I would hope, I would just hope that, um, because even listening to the minister speak, you know, he was very politically correct in his saying of he loves you love your brother regardless of if he's a crackhead or if he's, you know, a sinner or degenerate in some kind of way. You you love, you still love him and you love all of them. But there's still this, um, there's still that undertone that you're loving somebody despite their issues rather than, you know, having it be like you loving them in their own totality so I, I'm I really really I really wonder and it was such a he did such a good job and it really made Who? me Mark yeah or the people and maybe it wasn't him it was, Mark he did is a good also job fine by the way <laughs> he had on like a muscle shoot and everything. Let me tell you something Mark <laughs> was a speaker at Freedom School where I, when I used to work and I was like bro you are fine, fine. He used to frequent the Chestnut Hill Bar and Grill where you Excuse work. Did me? you know that? What did you say? Mm-hmm. I didn't know what he you used, just said. He used to frequent the Chestnut Hill Bar I and Grill. He used to frequent. And I was like, girl, what? 
Uh, I, I wish. I be I see him walking down the street when he was working at CNN. I used to see him. Now you yeah, know he, he be out fired. there. He goes to his, he Uncle Bobby's. He's in and out. He's he's a very smart man and fine. Uh, excuse me. Fine. fine. I don't know. I don't know how. If, he's fine anyway, to me. That's your, you know you, you you he definitely fits Antoinette's profile. <laughs> Everybody, I would love to have a guest to come on. <laughs> having a lot of people never seen your partners, but just to like describe what your man looks like and it'd be spot my on. Fiction, my fictional man. Your fictional man, considering if they, they should know by now what you like. Anyway, it was, it was really, it made me so sad that he was taken from us and just how badly we need and hopefully someday we can have somebody that's comparable to to fucking Malcolm and the way he would just they use the word incinerate is that eviscerate what the fuck word did they say I don't remember the word it was damn it was such a good word but it was just like eviscerate <laughs> white folks <laughs> Incinerate, maybe. No, I think it was eviscerate. Let's move on. That's embarrassing. But <laughs> <laughs> insinuating the palpitation of the rancent of the communist functions that reorder the clavicles of the clavicles, commanding and controlling, put it down and hit escape. So I also think I just, I just, this, like, I almost feel like we're so dull because everything <laughs> right now is so obvious. Like, yet and still, we don't have anybody that's just like, Watch out, what, what, this is this and that and this and, da, 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 and just completely breaks it down. I, I, do, I think we do. We Who? don't make, we don't, we don't pay attention to them. Who? I think um, Dr. Gregory Carr definitely does. I don't think that anybody is, speaks the way that Malcolm speaks you to white have people. Never heard, have you ever heard Gregory Carr speak? Probably. No, you haven't. Do what you know who he is? You don't know, even know who he is. He's <laughs> the head of African American Studies at Howard University. I came up under him at Freedom School as Child, well. if you could see this picture. <laughs> <laughs> Leave ah, him alone. Somebody is. Uh, you, you can see this picture that I just came up with. That <laughs> Screen share it. Screen share it. Let me see. I can't. It's fucking Yahoo is my... I don't know how this became my default Why is it Yahoo? search. But it is the raggediest search. Why isn't Google my default search? No, I don't know about that. I'm trying... Shanti, you can't say you don't know if if you've never heard him. I think Roland Smith be be saying some real shit. I think there's people we just don't if pay this attention. Keeps bringing this ball, this white man up on my screen. <laughs> Doctor Gregory Carr, K R C. Yes, he's amazing. No, I don't think I don't think that there's. I'm not saying that that there's not people that have the intelligence and the insight. I'm that saying he that has. he has the same appeal, the same like where he can. He can connect with a room full of people in a way that you you don't even understand what just happened. I'm telling you that at 14, 15, 16 year old kids in Philadelphia who don't 
who just left school, who just was lectured to for hours upon hours upon hours, will sit and listen to him and ask to stay later because he's reaching something. I'm not saying that there aren't people that have the intelligence and the... um, He's got it. He's got a gift. And the, the, what's the word when people are attracted to you? I don't know the word. But I don't think that there's anybody that has the, the platform. We don't give the, people the platform. We keep talking about the platform. The platform is everywhere. We're giving our attention to what we want to give our attention to. Part of the issue is us. And until we take ownership of that and stop being like, we don't have any black leaders. We do have black leaders, but we pay more attention to the fucking shade room. That no, is our like, pri- our priorities are like, fucked um, up. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I don't. F- I don't feel like in the time of Malcolm X that, that. I mean, I feel like it was probably the same dynamics in the time of Malcolm X. When I talked to my dad about it, he wasn't all like. Actually, I don't know what the fuck my dad was doing when Malcolm X was going. I'm like, not saying that it's all our fault. Christian what I'm saying is, it's partly on us to. Of course, to give is. people a platform to. Of, of course, he is. I'm just saying that the. The, the platform and the way in which, and 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 the influence that Malcolm had at that time, and 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 the idea of leadership, like it's it, it's been a very long time, regardless of it's the people's responsibility or not. There hasn't been like a key leader. In the way that Malcolm and Martin were leading this, the folks, the fact that Malcolm was like traveling across the world and had access to different leaders and, and different ideas of like revolution and learning from them, I don't think that that we have we have had anything. Comparable. I agree. Yeah, everybody has their platforms. People are intelligent people, but like the combination of of all of those things. I agree. And but somebody I also to talk about that. It just it just. I also think that there are a lot more distractions right now, and I think that was the goal. I think that there's a lot of. I I just don't think that people are as hungry to hear it. That if you're going to serve up, you know a fire-ass TV show or a social media thing or the Real Housewives of fucking Atlanta, people know. would rather escape. I that's just, that's Similar just my to thing. like what my dad said, just similar to what you said, people pay attention to what they pay attention to. There, there's, always, there's always those that are um, far more political than those that weren't. But I feel like Malcolm had that gift of attracting those that weren't necessarily into politics and and displaying why their life and the, why the world and why their life and why they were experiencing things and we always talk about it like giving name to what people are experiencing and connecting it back to like a greater structure of racism plainly eloquently simply intelligently made it digestible he made it digestible. It's just like, I just, I just, I wish, but I, I wish he, we had. I don't a similar. I don't want to belabor just, this point, but 
we also had at the same time a James Baldwin or this or that. Like th- that that was like a hot thing to talk about and to be about. I I feel like it is now. You don't think? That, I don't think. I feel like black is like banging hip hop and R and B. Oh, now. I think yeah, the the culture, but not necessarily. But I don't think the depth of it, of like what we really need and and want and desire and revolutionary ideals, I don't think that's the blackness that people are hip to. I think it's just the culture vulture, and like yeah, we black, yeah, we out here, is, we we cool as shit, we all that, but not the revolutionary aspect of it. Of like, how do we get these people's foot off our fucking necks? Like the wow. real work, work. I would like. And I'll talk behind the scenes before that, but I think we should have a discussion about that. Um, about that period. And, and, and listening we need to, have to elders the bullet on. or the ballot, his last speech, yeah. and he's talking about like politics and like the black nationalism and black experience and how, from Malcolm's point of view, he calls for accountability and responsibility from black folks as well as like the reality of the situation as well. I think, and just so- I think it, it speaks to you and I, my differences. And also I would like for the guests to, who somebody who's, you know, very politically active to kind of like, we should just keep talking about it. I think people can also thing. listen to the ballot or the bullet on on Spotify. It is available completely for free to stream. And I think they should. That's all. What's that got to do with anything? You just mentioned it. The ballot or the... What? Oh, I thought you were saying in lieu of... Anyway. No, okay. I'm just saying that they can listen to it. <laughs> okay. I think we should, but that should come up. And I'm... Do you... What? No, no, go ahead. Do I what? Go ahead. That's it. That's all. That's that 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 all was my Mark Lamont. Shout out to Mark Lamont Hill. He's um he's doing the damn thing. And I and people should also look at his response to Lil Boosie, whatever that nigga's name is, um, that said that dumb shit, because it was also really, really beautiful and super important. But also another news. Speaking of race relations and our own conflicting issues, I really love Jaden Smith. I like to look at the Smith family. I like to always get a view into their lives, what they're doing. I really like to see Willow Smith do new yoga poses, shaved her hair She's really good. She's really great. She's just a little avatar. I love her. Jaden Smith came out with a new video. I think it's a music video to a album that he already dropped. It's like an old video, a new video to an old album in which he's very emotional and upset. It's definitely about love lost and pain and heartache. And throughout the video, at different intervals, he is running after a faceless brunette white girl through farms and fields. Shut the fuck up. You're so dramatic. (laughs) She said through farms and fields. And I (laughs) just want to finally address the elephant in the room. Why us? I've not seen this in the DMs, you in conversation with some 
biracial women as well. Why us, the product of Caucasian queens and black kings bringing us porcelain princesses? Why are we so against? Or why do we have that? I'm not against it, but I can't ever deny my response to seeing black men running after their Caucasian queens. Why? Is it wrong? This is a whole episode. I'm, we can ha- listen. This is many. <laughs> you guys can pick the episode I'm that to we find do next. Because I, <sighs> I had a biracial girl. I saw the DM where the biracial girl was like, "Because I guess you asked if your man leaves you for a white girl, are you going to have your feelings? Okay. Is that going to hurt more than if he leaves you for a black girl?" And you said you'd that rather was after him waiting leave you for exhale. a white man. Rather, you said you actually said you'd rather him leave you for a white man than a white girl. What the, that, that is <laughs> that is fucked up. Why? <laughs> why can't Jaden run after his white girlfriend? I didn't say he couldn't. I didn't say he couldn't either. But why does I it make me can. go? Oh gosh, here he go running after his. I white think Jaden can. I think I would be shocked if Mark Lamont Hill did. <laughs> I think that's the difference. Yeah, right. That's the most obvious. <laughs> Mark, I'm just saying. Where I'd be like, <laughs> fucking a white woman oh god or a biracial I, woman I could so see him with a, a mixed woman that's his I've seen him one date that makes the he most dated sense somebody. Listen. the goddamn devil herself oh, Jesus Shanti I'm in I therapy don't, this is just this is so deep and so it's not it doesn't have it to is. be it is I have no idea why I feel the way that I do and I think there's something wrong with me. I think there's something really deeply wrong with me where I... Self-hating. Ashamed. I don't know if it's Guilty. self-hating, but I also don't identify as a white woman. Like I, it's So when I see... And I'm not... I don't, it doesn't make me angry at all if I see it. In all honesty, here's the thing. Talk this about is it. very weird. Break it down. When I see... Again, I have an issue with any... With, with black men who are like, I only date white women. Where I'm like, mm, what? Or I only date mixed women. Or I only date Puerto Rican women or Latina you women, only whatever. Date milk dud ass niggas. That's not true. And you, you gonna stop doing date it. White guys. You're I've never dated about not dating. I've white never guys. dated a white guy. I gave a white guy my white guys don't want me. And this is not the conversation. Nice. The white guys that were the white guy one white guy has rolled up on me. So let let's stop there. But I think that so when I see a black man and a white woman walking down the street. I'll be like, okay. And it kind of sometimes also depends on the kind of black guy where it's like the skateboard dude. I'm like, oh, typical. Um, Or if I'm in Williamsburg, I'm like, okay, typical. Uh, But then if I see a black man and a white woman and a baby or a bunch of little mixed kids, I'm like, oh. And part of that is because I see myself in it. And I'm like, oh, that's me and my sister or that's this or they're going to be like us. and so I, and I don't care about the couple. It's like all about the kid at that point where I'm like, oh my God, little mixty, they're going to be just as confused as I was. <laughs> but, um, I don't, it's, it's layered. I've, I've yet to figure it out. We're going to dive I, into this, but all y'all need to we look need at to, video. But we need to, we How need to also, we need to also have people on that are, that 
are biracial to talk about their experiences too. Cause I just feel like that would be a very rich conversation uh, and, and, and why they feel the way that they do. So whoever shorty was in the DMS hit us up because you need to come on and have a conversation. Cause this is a very, that's a very long we conversation. Have have different views. We can't all be on here confused, creating somebody has to be adamantly like, I don't know what her view was. I don't remember, but I also am not shocked. It doesn't bother me that Jaden Smith is running after a white girl in the video at all. It doesn't bother me. I'm not saying like, oh, Shane, it makes sense. Like, I get it. Like, But why does it make sense? Like, it doesn't bother me whether it was Jaden. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, Jaden Smith, like, it's the Smith family. They just, they do, they do what the fuck I they want. I wonder if they had a round table about that. Have they had a round table about that? <laughs> I don't know, shorty. I don't, I don't watch things on Facebook. It stresses me out. I don't understand Facebook TV. You be posting on Facebook like it's your job. They'll be like, go ahead, internet, keep it current. She be on there asking all the questions. I don't post that. No, our 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 <laughs> IG is linked to our Facebook page. So mm, one my- see, I'm talking about your personal one. Anyway, it's okay. <sighs> it's all right. God, you you're such a fucking to troll. Your, to your family. I completely understand it. But that's... That's a deeper conversation, and I. You ain't say what you feel because you felt. I do. I feel a way. I don't feel. I don't feel like it's wrong. I don't. I don't get angry, but it. I feel a way. I feel a way, Mm. and I have no right to feel a way. What is it that I'm feeling? Is Mm. there a disassociation happening there? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, but, and I've dated a white guy. Sure have, and loved his ass. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) And said it was phenomenal. Why would you date somebody and it not be phenomenal? Why would you love somebody and it not have some phenomenon in there? Oh, I wasn't talking about that. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, what else could be phenomenal when you're dating someone? Do you, child... You need to okay. get a goddamn grip and get these white men a try. <laughs> they need to give <laughs> me a try. I, I, I don't want to date a black guy if he only dates white girls. I don't like that. But also, I would never date a white guy. Speaking of dating, we had a couple callers call in. <laughs> she get on my nerves now. Um, so I just want to play what they said. And it's both having to do with what we discussed last week about the rethinking infidelity and being on your second marriage within the same marriage and what that feels like. So the first one is here. Hi, uh, my name is Leanne. I just listened to your latest episode about uh, multiple marriages, and I just wanted to put my two cents in. Um, I think I'm on my second marriage. It's only been three years, but first year in... I had a miscarriage, and I think that, like, really changed a lot for the both of us. Um, I mentioned a couple months ago to some friends in front of him that, you know, he didn't leave me throughout that process. I feel like we're we're good for a while. And he was, like, thoroughly surprised that I would think that he would leave me. Um, But I I went a little crazy through all that, and I really think, it's changed both of us for the better. Our marriage is stronger. And, you know, we'll see what happens if we end up on our third. But 
Good so far. Bye. Oh, you need to talk about that. Damn. I can't even imagine. Here's another one. Thank you for calling in, Leanne. Hi, Shanti and Antoinette. This is Renita. Um, I never called in before, so I'm just going to get something short and sweet. But I love your podcast. I've been a follower since the YouTube days. Um, but anywho, I'm responding back specifically to the last post about infidelity, which I actually have experienced, and I am married. Um, so I can either call back with my story, which I'm definitely transparent to talk about, or I can um, be on the show, whichever one that you guys choose. But I'm transparent and open to both. But anyhow, I love both of you ladies, and I will continue following, and I'm going to definitely make a review at some point in this lifetime. Love you guys. Bye. She's actually going to come on the show. Uh, That'll be I a hit, rich conversation. Yeah, I hit Renita up. And she's like an A1. Like, she'd be, that's the home. Oh. Man, you just got to call it out and be like, girl, put your fucking headphones in. She's um A1. She's like the homie homie. Where she's just always, I'm like always in the DMs with her. Yeah. I love her. I love her. So Both I can't wait for that conversation. to see the, the difference. I know. Um, I don't know if, I, I don't want to ask. Leanne to come on. That's like so personal. I mean, if she's Leanne, if you are interested in talking oh, about it, because I don't have experience. Yeah, I don't have experience with them. I'm not a mom. So I don't I don't want her to I don't want to exploit her. If that's something she wants to share that she thinks that will be helpful for other people, I'm super down. But that's rough. That's rough. So Ooh. I don't know. Well, but I'm happy her it made her and her husband it made their bond stronger. That's a blessing. There's actually somebody. Um, anyway, that's a yeah, that's a whole other conversation. I just learned about somebody that lost their child that was very far along in the term that happened to recently. That was is actually like a influencer. Really sad. Um, lastly, another. This is the last thing I was just sharing. This is just a mashup of things that I've been sharing that have spoke to me over this past week. I made the mistake of watching Euphoria on HBO <laughs> with that lately, beautiful, lately. I don't know what the fuck her name is. What Zendaya. Name? Who? Zendaya. 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 What a cute name, too. Anyway. Oh, God. It's about drug use, suburbs, coming of age, toxic, toxic masculinity, uh, sex, porn, mother-daughter relationships. Sexuality. Sexuality. All of it. In the bodies of 16, 17, 18-year-old children in middle America. Not middle America. I made that part up. I don't know where the fuck is that. But in the suburbs. And it is a beautifully shot show. The soundtrack is banging acting's good and it is so disturbing i'm so disturbed it must be as a mom by this show i'm also disturbed by little fires everywhere if you guys want to learn more about we we made a patreon about our response we're on the second episode about little fires everywhere i actually just spoke with a mother mother just just talking about the dynamics of motherhood and little fires everywhere, that also will piss you off. 
and freak you out. But the so way in which check out the Patreon, because we're covering all of Little Fires there, right? Yeah, yeah. the whole series. I could so cover you that content on this if you guys want to make a greater episode of Euphoria too, because the porn, the way that porn influences these children's concepts of sexuality and how to express their sexuality and the lens from which they explore their sexuality oh my god it it made me i'm surprised that the porn is the thing i the thing that was taking me out was the drug use i was like all of it was all of it was the drug use and the drinking i mean and the way in which they normalize or or depicted the anxiety that the little girl has and how she you know Get and the OCD nose. that she has and how she I'm, I'm twirling my um nose ring for all those it's a bad habit that I have I twirl my nose and it looks nose ring it looks like I'm picking my nose the way that they normalized that was really like really good they did it in a good job and how easily it is when you're dealing with mental shit to turn to drugs and the ways in which people are medicated and how easily your 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 wellness regimen can turn into an addiction mm-hmm. oh god it's a slippery slope yeah that show disturbed the hell did out you of watch me. the whole actually, thing you know what i'm realizing i didn't i didn't finish it i think i had like one episode left i i or maybe not. I'm up. Did you watch it? Where how far are you? I think I'm like on the third episode. Oh no, I'm way past that. I I watched. I was at the carnival. No, I'm at a carnival. I'm I'm at the scene carnival where carnival is fucking wild. It gets wild. It just and stays dad, on that pace. It just keeps that pace. It it gets much more intense. It's wait. Have you have you discovered anything about the dad, the boy's father? Yeah. So the whole issue around homosexuality and the ways in which, to, like, oh my god! And then the sweet, sweet baby, who's my favorite character, is probably the coolest person on the whole entire show. Uh, Zendaya's best friend or transgender friend, in the clutches of these fucked up human beings. Ugh. Anyway, is this real? I have, is this real? Is this for all those kids that are 20 years old that are listening to this podcast who have, do you have similar, is this what kids are up against? I don't think, I can't be. Is that what kids are up against That's what I'm most concerned about because like I talked to, um, one of my co, one of my staff, sweet baby Tay Tay, and I was texting her. I was like, Tay, I'm like, I'm watching this show. Is this real? And she was <laughs> like, Well, you just gotta make sure JoJo like likes boy bands or something, and like is broke and can't hang out with rich kids. Cause kinda. And I was like, <gasps> That's the thing is that we don't have experiences like that. But my sister, I I think the. Um, like my sister did mad drugs, like damn in a you way just out of her. You fucking I'm dry sorry. snitch. She did mad drugs in a, in a way that was probably not healthy. Maybe not to the point of addiction, but may I don't know. I mean, I I think she has admitted at one point that she did really struggle with it, but got herself together. 
without anybody else. Like I know my sister was drugs were like a part of her every weekend occurrences. And she, my sister's white and maybe that's like a white culture thing, but she was never in that like kind of like, and it seems to be suburb middle class, upper middle class life. So I don't know if there was that weird, um, cause a lot of them are dealing with like social pref- pressures of just like being this certain type of person. They're just, the, and the I nonchalance think, in which they talk about sex, it's just like, fuck I, me Listen, up. well, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, we that's going to be a thing. Yeah, that's I a, was that was a thing. A that was, that's, that's a thing, talking about it. But I think a big theme in it is that these kids had a whole lot of freedom. They had a whole lot of going out and parents not knowing where they was or what they was doing or who they were with and coming back and, oh, yeah, go ahead, just... I, there wasn't a whole lot of extracurricular activities going on. It's like, if you want to keep your kids, I, I'm sure that shit does exist, but if you want to keep your kids out of some shit, you got to stay on them. It's a full-time job. That's how I feel. Like I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do a lot of that stuff because I was, my parents knew where I was at. I was accounted for. I could and have, they, and I didn't. But I also, when your child's like eight, 17 years old, 17 years old and the and the way because your kids are gonna lie regardless and that's another thing that scared me because similar to you i'm like oh no i'm gonna be an, i'm gonna know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna but also kids be they're going to fucking lie kids lie but not if you gotta call not if not if the the listen kids lie but my parents would have people's phone numbers my parents used to call amanda's parent my dad used to call amanda's parents like is Antoinette at the house like yep Okay, thank you. Have a great night. It was none of that. Child. It was. It's ways to check in, it's just and I hated it. Now, though it's it's, it's different. different now, but you you. I'm sorry, but if JoJo when and if she ever gets a cell phone, it's a fucking tracking device. What? She's sharing her location all the time with you. what? She. And it's not about not trust. It's about I don't trust the people. My dad, you say all the time, I trust you. I don't trust the people around you. I don't know them. You've earned my trust, but I don't. Tr- I don't know them fucking kids. You know how many conversations my dad had with Miss Pam when I used to go over to Jasmine's house. What are they doing? Where are they going? What studio? I'm gonna come by. What? It was not. There was no games played. I don't. I. I aside from even because even. Um, I don't know which character was like all of them were doing some dumb shit. But even in all of that, even with hypervigilance, you can't, there's no way that she can escape the, the, the misinformation that's being shared and the way, and the way that kids are like, just that, the one character, the jockey guy, he just really... But and his Shanti, relationship with his girlfriend. I've seen that relationship so many times. But Shanti, here's the difference. I know that this is stressing you out. I see it on you because you have a daughter. <laughs> I, I, you're about to start crying and start rubbing your eyes real hard. <laughs> Listen to me. I got to get on my herbs, child. It's coming. <laughs> Listen to me. You, the difference is that there's misinformation, but you can combat that information. Truly talk I can combat that information with JoJo. Ways. No, I'm serious. Amanda can combat that information. It takes a village. Rashid can combat that information. The way you live your life combats that information. 
where like these kids weren't around their people enough. It doesn't seem like the, she will have an understanding of like, hold up. Nah, that's not the type of relationship I want. And when she does make the mistake or cause she's going to make mistakes or she's going to be mistreated. Hopefully she has a relationship with her mom where she can come to her and say, or you have the intuition of like, something's not right. Tell me what's going on. What happened? Or, I know, I know. and you, and you know how to you f- massage those conversations in and finesse it. But your job is to speak it. Cause sometimes you don't be speaking it. You don't let the shit come from your soul up through your To Jojo, throat. I can. It's just to my intimate relationships. I can't. What are you talking about? You? Jojo, my mom, I can. <laughs> the closest people to me is she can't stop it. Jojo be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, keep doing that. I, she has people around her. I hope so. I just feel very sad that this is the way that this is a reality. It was, it was a reality then. We could have been on crack. We ain't do it. Yo. <laughs> we could have been. That little boy and lean on me was smoking crack. I don't know if I could have been on crack. We could have been. Any of us could have been on crack. It only takes one Follow shot. Follow my sister around. Follow my white <laughs> sister around. I could have been That's on crack. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you there you just gotta you'll be fine. I Listen, see you shake your computer's shaking. You're shaking under the table. Relax. Not with that shit, but also I'm addicted to that show. I'm, I keep thinking about them. I'm like, is everything going to be okay? Anyway, shout out to the makers of that. It's very, very disturbing, but very well done. And the music, like the music, the 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 the, the imagery is just, oh God. It's vibration, it's lower vibration fueling all of this, I tell you. <laughs> anyway, these are all, um, this is it. This is my week's worth of ponderings here. Um, Your episodes are so funny. <laughs> and that's I'm that. I'm like, what are you thinking? This is Where is this coming this? from? And it's always some shit that's super late. It's always like, did you see Euphoria? Yeah, bitch. It came out two years ago. I saw it. <laughs> well, child. I, I still haven't it. seen The Walking Dead, though. So you got it. You got me there. Nor have I. I haven't finished it. But that's the motherfucking jam. Walking Dead is it, baby. All right. Well, is that the is that it? That's it. That's the end of it. Well, oh. yes, that's it. I'm done. I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. I hope that you all watch us on Patreon. Uh, these episodes come out early on Patreon, uh, and there's also video attached to it with all of our behind the scenes nonsense before and after. In addition. Please call us at 215-948-2780. And please, please, please rate and subscribe to Around the Way Curls podcast, which is completely for free. Um, We definitely see your reviews. They are very helpful. They are very visible. And um, it is oh so necessary for us. So we we thank you. And uh, big up Jamaica, man. Thank you so much. Happy Memorial Day and shout out to all the veterans and all the folks and all the people who, you know, do what y'all do to, I I guess, keep us safe. I feel a way about war. So, but, you know, we appreciate your sacrifice because it's definitely a sacrifice. So, I don't know. With that, we out. I'm bringing that back. We have completed this episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Monster. <laughs>
You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good.